So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Thank you for... What the fuck? I'm going to restart that. <laughs> so what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 309 for, oh, it's August. It's August 1st, the 1st, 2021. My name is Nathan Reed Spruth. Joining me this week, we have Andrew Roa McVean. Hey, Nathan fucked it up. I did not, and I can edit that out. I won't edit it out, but I can edit it out. And we also are joined by Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. It's the first of the month. Yes, it is. It is the first of the month. Tomorrow is my older brother's birthday, and fuck that guy. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Nathan Reed-Spruth. And uh, Connor, Aroa, where can we find you guys? Do you, want to, do you want to say it at the same time? Uh, okay. All right. Three, two, one. Aroa.website. You guys, fuck that up. Did not go in post. Yeah, well, well, I, I won't, I won't edit in post. So, uh, let's, uh, Roa, what, what games have you played this week? Uh, I mean, uh, I did play a couple of new things actually. Uh, so I played, uh, the demo for a game called Girls Civilization Two VR. Um, I don't so that's like this exactly game. Exactly what it sounds like. So is it? Is it? It. I is it a civilization game? No. Uh. So actually, um, I'm not totally sure what kind of game it is because I just kept fucking around. Uh, it's an open world game. Um, I think it's meant to be like an RPG. Uh surprisingly has full voice acting in japanese uh really did not expect that um it it is in vr as the name implies and um you like i don't really know what you're supposed to do though i I was following this girl after the tutorial and she was like, okay, you can go into this shop and buy things. And I went in there and there was no shopkeeper. Um, and I had no money. So I was like, okay, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing here. So I walked back out of the shop and the girl wouldn't say anything else. So I was like, all right, I, is this just, is the demo just fucking around? I guess it is. So I went over to this, uh, there was a blacksmith. And uh, all the characters in this game are girls, by the way, including the player character. Um, and they're all anime girls, uh, obviously. So I, I picked up this ball, this like green ball rock thing. And I was like, Hey, there's a furnace there. I'm going to open this furnace and put the rock in. 
and I did that, and then it immediately transformed into a uh, gold brick, which I did not expect. I didn't think that would work in a million years. I, I thought I was just having a laugh. Uh, so that was neat. Uh, and then it all fell apart because then I, I went over to the blacksmith girl and uh, it was like, grab body to talk. And so I was like, okay, I guess I just I, I just grab her. And so I went to grab her and I accidentally grabbed her arm. Um, and, and she was like, hey, stop it. Ah, it hurts. Why are you doing that? And I was like, oh, that's not good. And then there's like this war horn that went off. And then the like entire fucking ge like geographic region uh, of anime girls all started charging at me with guns and swords and uh, destroyed me. Interesting. And that's then you quit. That was the end of it. Uh, so so I, I went back again and I was like, all right, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. Uh, try try a few more things. So I did find out that you can grab girls' hands. You can grab their hand and like lead them places. Uh, and you can also uh, grab the sword just out of somebody's hand while they're attacking you, and then use it to attack them back. Uh. So I slaughtered a bunch of them, but then the girls with guns uh, were kind of a problem. I couldn't do anything about that. And then I quit. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's fun. Did you play anything else? Yeah. Uh, Cooking Simulator VR came out finally. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, I was really hyped about that. Um, oh, I accidentally, that. I accidentally watched you play that for a little while. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I was... Uh, my my stream auto hosts you, oh, and okay. so I was I went to go check my Twitch, and I was like, oh, he's playing this, and then I saw you buy cooking oil, and pour it into a pan, and I was yeah. like, this looks awful, and I stopped. Oh no, I I think it is a, a wonderfully uh, faithful translation of Cooking Simulator into VR. Well, uh, it has some issues, uh, though. There, there are some really bad issues that I'm not sure if it's actually Cooking Simulator's fault or if it's just a problem with Steam VR because Steam VR seems to always have had this this issue. Uh, you know, like like you play a game and then it'll change scenes and then suddenly it runs like shit. Yes, uh, yeah. and then you quit the game. And even after you quit the game, like the, the Steam Home thing runs like shit. And so you have to restart Steam VR entirely and then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that happen yeah. where like Beat Saber will run awful. And then I just have to restart my computer and it starts working. <laughs> um, I, I, I was able to restart Steam VR and it was okay. But uh, that happened twice in that same session. And. Uh, it seemed to particularly be bad if I watched a pot while it was boiling. So I That's... think there might be some kind of like particle effect or something from the steam coming out. Um, maybe. That might be it. Um, maybe update drivers too, or maybe they need to... You know... That's a good point, now that you say that. I haven't updated my graphics drivers in a while. I should probably do that. 
So I remember back in the day, um, I was playing Final Fantasy XI when I upgraded my GPU to an 8800 GT or whatever. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'm going to get all the frames and all the games because this is a great graphics card. And then I loaded up Final Fantasy and I went to uh, one of the raids called Dynamis and it ran at like two frames a second. And I was like, this is ridiculous. My card should be powerful enough to run Final Fantasy XI. Uh, Turns out that NVIDIA needed to upgrade their drivers for the 8800 for Final Fantasy. So maybe that is something that's up with... uh, with Steam VR, with a uh, cooking simulator VR. Yeah, that is. This uh, is that was a... this is like the border of still on topic. Didn't Final Fantasy Eleven once have an issue where one of like a drinking glass or a flower plant had like twelve thousand polygons or something? No, that on? was that was Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, that 14. was um, yeah, that was before they did the Realm Reborn thing where they they literally destroyed the entire universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of the things that I think after Yoshi P came on, he was like, why are we wasting so many resources trying to make this look like the most beautiful game in the world when it's going to run at 10 frames a second and no one can play it? Yeah, so flower. the problem was flower pots had the same amount of polygons as the character models. Nothing wrong with that. Yes, and there were nothing. flower pots every fucking where. So. Yeah. And then that was just one of the things that that was a problem with it. Like a lot of games, uh, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And so, which is out of literally out of sight, not in your memory or or using up any graphics power. It's called like Uh, something, is it like occlusion culling or something like that? Yeah, something like that. So like, even if you're looking at a rock or something, like if you can't part of the rock that you can't see isn't going to be rendered until you have to look at that rock that other side just to make it so that it runs more smoothly uh but they had the problem where if if it was nearby everything was loaded and it made it they, you know they did uh, they did culling based on uh like radial distance to objects instead of based on your visual scope. Yeah. So uh, they made it a lot better. But no, uh, there was an issue in Final Fantasy XI once where the devs were tweaking the game. This was way back when. They were tweaking the game and they they pushed an update. And uh, they found out for about two hours they accidentally made it so that white mages... Uh, their level one cure spell did 9,999 healing. And they could, because of the way that Final Fantasy works, uh, if you use cure against an undead enemy, it will do uh, damage to that undead enemy. And so level one white mages could do 9,999 damage to all the like super high level undead enemies. It was awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Cooking Simulator seems seems fun. Did you play anything else? Um, uh, have you seen Gorilla Tag? That's a free game. I played the uh, fuck out of Gorilla Tag for like three weeks. Really? Yeah. Uh, 
I played it for like maybe 20 minutes or so. No, 10 minutes. Uh, sure is a free to play VR game. Yeah, like it, it I, the movement was really fun. Uh, the main, main problem was that there were a bunch of like 12 to 14 year olds. Yeah. Uh, Every round started with me running to that middle. And so I don't even care if I get tagged. I need to mute everyone. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like they weren't really playing the game so much as just going, hey, hey, guys, you, you, you want a wall climb? Hey, guys, hey, hey, let me show you a wall climb. And like, it was mostly people shouting Amogus over and over at each other and cracking up at it. And oh, we're doomed. <laughs> this is this is our generation. We're we are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, yeah. Good, good. Uh, we're going to move on to Connor. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, we're going to move over to Connor, and Connor, what games have you played? Been playing that Space Station 13. It's a really fun game. I really wish you guys would play it sometime with me. I, I would really like to it, it's just you know you know how i am i do know how you are i do know how you be i'm the flakiest motherfucker in the world it's uh i wouldn't say the world but it is it, it's hard when you're an adult trying to find time for games with friends especially games that have a uh, average completion time of two hours yeah yeah well and and also a steep difficulty curve sure so difficult to learn difficult to master fuck you yeah exactly it's it's just getting in and being like i'm just gonna sit down and play a casual game and Uh, this is not a casual game no no so it's very fun well that's good i'm happy you're in having fun did you play anything other than uh that game than space yeah i played a whole bunch of assassin's creed rogue i'm on call this weekend and i got called in a few times so a lot of that time where it's like, okay, I got to watch a loading bar for the next 40 minutes. Bam, Game Boy. That's good. That's good. Um, Finally got to the point. In the, I, I mentioned last week that I really hate it in games when it's like, you can explore the world. It's open world. You can get all those little collectibles. But this thing right here, oh, you're, you're not far enough. You could look at it, but uh, you're, mm, no, not yet. Drives me thermonuclear. Finally got into the part of the game where a big event happens and the world map changes a little bit so you could finally reach one of those charms. And it just left a bad taste in my mouth the whole time. That's that's not good. I'm sorry that it left, it left a bad taste in your mouth. Why do uh, I get the impression you weren't listening? Because I wasn't. Yeah. Sorry. I, I apologize. I, I'm a little distracted today. So, uh... Do you still have a Warhammer Minute as well? Yeah, I do have a Warhammer Minute. You want me to do the thingy? Yeah, go go ahead and just zone out for like three minutes or something like that. We'll, we'll shout when you can come back to that podcast you do. Perfect, thank you. Love those drafts. Yeah, I'm sure it sounds fine on the recording. I hope it sounds fine. Oh, on the right, recording. right. I forgot. 
Yeah, it, but, I think it, I'm looking at the audio noise level, and it, it seems fine from Audacity. I think it's just it's just Discord's fault. Yeah, it's probably Discord. Yeah, this week I want to talk about Guild Wars, Guild Wars Games Workshop <laughs> GW. They dropped a new FAQ, and that FAQ had a big update for my army. Uh, back in I don't know a couple of months ago now, uh, my army, the Adeptus Mechanicus, got their ninth edition codex. And a lot of people turned and said, oh, I, th I think they might have messed up on the balance. Something's not right here. And to be fair, if you look at all of the, um, you know, the, the tournaments and stuff like that, my army was on top of most, if not all of the lists. And so they, they've reviewed that and they've changed some things in that book that they just released. One of those is the, I think it's Lucius. They have a dogma called Solar Blessing. They've changed the first bullet of that dogma to say that each time an attack with a damage characteristic of one is allocated to a model with it, unless that model's receiving the benefit of light cover, you could add one to the armor saving throw of that. What was happening was units who were in light cover, you know, and that's so if things are shooting at them, they're a little bit statistically a higher chance to survive. They could basically make it so you'd have to roll a one to take a wound. Anything from infantry to your, your cataphrons. If you had them in the right situation, I guess the Cataphrons wouldn't get it, but if, if you had your units in the right situations, they were basically unmovable. Not very good when you're trying to have a balanced game. Fun if you're just trying to win, but probably a necessary change. And probably something they should have checked before they released the book. They have Verse of Vengeance that they updated. They changed it so that uh, until the start of your next command phase, each time a model in that unit is destroyed by an attack made by an enemy model, they get free an attack. The problem with what it was before is there were ways you could nuke your own units, and that could proc extra shots. By the the, the the intention of this verse of vengeance was when a unit gets destroyed, that's when it should have been able to retaliate. Now it's now it specifically needs to be by combat. Uh, clandestine infiltrations, one of my favorite ones, got a pretty rough nerf. Uh, you can only use it once per game, unless you're playing Strike Force or Onslaught, in which case you can use it twice. That used to be the way that you got your infiltrator units around the board. Only being able to do that once means you really need to think about what you're doing before you do it at that point. There are some other updates that are more quality of life fixes than anything else. The big one is that our Iron Strider Ballastari and our Sidodian Dragoons, our chickens, they lost core. 90% of the buffs that our army got introduced to this unit, this uh, version of the game, I mean, 9th edition, they just lost it. I know people who were running armies that were almost exclusively these chickens, and now that they've lost core, they basically threw their money away at it. They're good units still, they'll still kick a lot of ass, but instead of having one big block of them, you might want to have small blocks of them now. Other changes, the Enriched Drown stratagem that we just had, which used to make it so that unmodified hits of 4-up automatically wound, which was ridiculous, crazy ridiculous. That got two changes, now it's a 5-up, which... It's nice. It's not perfect, but it's nice. And if you have uh, 11 or more models, it's two command points to use instead of one. Uh, Rangers no longer have a way of being mobile at all. Galvanic Volley Fire got changed so that when you pay a command point, it changes their weapons to heavy three. So they're getting more shots, but these are not units that are going to be moving anymore. And I'm a little worried about that moving forward. Well. Okay, so, Nathan, come so... back. Oh, oh, great, great. No, I was, I, I was listening. Uh, you said a lot of things that I have no idea what they meant. Um, 
but it sounds like they did some buffs, but they also did some nerfs to change up gameplay. Not so much buffs. A lot of these were strictly on the nerf side of things. Yeah. But my army was out of control. And how? So but, it's. But how do they enforce these things? Because you said that Games Workshop did the update. Does it just like, hey, these are the rules, and now you guys have to change your rule set? Yep, basically. Okay. Um, if I were to go like to a tournament or something like that, or the the organized play that I'm doing with the people that I do at my local game shop, we'll be using these updated rules. Okay. That's what I was kind of occurred to me that Warhammer is sort of like a like a collectible card game, but with figurines. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're you're getting fucked over by by rule changes in the same way that someone who's played say magic would be. Definitely. And it's a very same reasoning too. They release this product and they don't think of something that the community thinks of and exploits wildly and uh oh, now the Adeptus Mechanicus are winning every tournament. Why would you want to win every tournament? Right. Why why wouldn't people not wanna you know, what what's the point of playing a game if you know you're gonna win every time? Yeah, exactly. Well why? and then I'm sorry, go on. I mean, so it, it, I was going to say, why isn't there a virtual version of Warhammer? But I guess the better question would be, why haven't they announced that as part of like the Warhammer uh, or Games Workshop subscription service that they're going to be doing? I mean, that would be cool, but that's a lot of work that GW is just not willing to do. No, they, they want to. They just want to shit over the independent creators that are driving engagement with their product. Right, people uh, so are making money. Make their own Disney Plus. People are making money by doing things adjacent to our product. No, no, no. We can't have that. If we can't have that money, nobody can have that money. That's uh that that was James Workshop, the CEO of Games Workshop. That was his exact quote. That uh, makes sense. So they. I know for a while, because I watched a, a video basically that said a lot of places will allow you, if you make your own, like you do your own 3D design and print it, not buy it offline or anything like that, then you could have 3D printed uh, like figures or, or pieces. But now they're totally eliminating that. Uh, the tournament scene, yes, and they went a little draconic with it too. The it, it used to be like like for example at our shop we have somebody who doesn't own a single legal model everything he does is three D printed painted and whatever it's it's an expensive hobby I don't blame him either and that's fine with us we you know we don't really care as long as the base models are fine and the rule books are fine and all that as long as people aren't deliberately doing things to give themselves an edge who cares but what Games Workshop has done is they've said no parts of your model can be anything other than the sprue that it came with. Which means if your army had things like custom name banners or custom equipment for loadouts or something like that, that might not be tournament legal anymore. Oh, that makes sense. Depending so... how much of a, a, a butt face someone wants to be, they could say, oh, that, that chaplain's got a sword. He's supposed to have a hammer. Mm-hmm. No, I win. And the, the, the correct answer is just don't play with people like that. Don't, don't give them the satisfaction. Well, and I'm curious, because you're, you're buying a 3D printer... 
uh, kind of expressly for this purpose. All that and, you know, Warhammer and uh, Pathfinder. I I play a lot of miniature games. That's true. And it's a lot easier to find fantasy creatures like a bugbear or a dwarf or a a goblin than it is going to be for a specific thing like, like Warhammer, I would imagine. Right. I was even considering, like, it can't be that hard to rip 3D models and it can't be hard to find something to pose a skeletal mesh. Like, they... These are probably things that are already set up, and there are probably tools out there that let, would let me make my own miniatures. Absolutely. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There are, there are a number of tools that will let you convert models to other formats in Blender, mm-hmm. and then you can go in and uh, you, you'd probably need to like add a lot more complexity to them. But Whatever. I imagine that if you put the effort in, like it would be, it'd be fairly trivial overall. One of the big things I want to learn is how to properly do supports. I guess that's a really big thing to having resin prints succeed, is making sure everything is supported properly. And the people whose videos I've been watching who do this stuff, like, recreationally, they spend a lot of time moving their supports in places where they're not going to be covering important details. Like, uh, if you have runes on a sword, none of the supports are actually touching those, so when you clip them off you're not covering over updates you're not you know there's not a, a support screw right in the middle of your face or something like that yeah yeah well and you can with 3d printing software and then you can get rid of that and since you're getting a resin printer uh it's going to make it a lot easier to like sand down those support areas well, like True. with i thought with resin and dear god we're getting way off here but um or at least I, I saw a video that made me interested in resin printers because uh, the suggestion was making like an extremely thin base that is just the the entire size of your of your thing, and then printing on top of that, so that like there's really nothing to support at that point. I understand, um, but I don't. I still don't think that would all always work because. Uh, of just the way that things are designed, you sometimes need supports with like super big overhangs or something like that. My guys wear a lot of cloaks and capes, unfortunately, and because they print upside down, it'd be like trying to print a V by the split part first. Oh, that okay, yeah, that makes sense now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, I get it, and, th- and that's exactly what the supports are there for, yeah. So uh, to conclude this very rapid Warhammer minute, um, (laughs) the Adeptus mechanics got nerfed hard. Our chickens lost core, which means they lost a lot of access to quote-unquote essential buffs. I I think they survived just fine. Uh, Rad rounds got nerfed really hard, and that kind of sucks. And rangers can't move anymore, basically, which they're, they're fine if they're standing still. They're an amazing unit if you're not moving them, but good luck getting them where they need to be. All right. Um, okay, Nathan, now you can come back in the room. Oh, perfect, perfect. So we're going to move on to me, and we're going to talk about uh, where you can find me. You can find me at Reeton everywhere. I'm Reeton on Twitter, uh, Reeton on Twitch, Reeton on YouTube, and, of course, the podcast you're listening to, you can find everywhere at Reeton Podcast on iTunes. It's on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon, so those are the big ones. Uh, you can also find Connor and myself on Clinton's Core Classics, which I th- think is at clinton's core on twitter yeah yeah and so leave uh, us a review yeah leave us a review review. 
uh, five-star review and... Uh, we'll read it. We will. Uh, five-star review, and uh, if you're on iTunes, leave a nice comment. And so the games I played this week, I played Final Fantasy XI. Oh, goodness. I'm I'm just going and, and leveling up and, and doing merit points and all that jazz. Um, so, you know, not hasn't much. Hasn't gotten old yet, has it? No, has not gotten old yet. Uh, and then I also played... Monster. I actually played through a game. I beat it in two days, because it's a very short game, called Last Stop. This is a game that was added to... Uh, this was a... It was added to Game Pass. And Game Pass added it randomly, and I was like, sweet. Uh, it's exactly the type of game that is five hours it's an interact quote interactive story so it's like a telltale game or something like that where you have choices that you make but they don't affect the story like at all until the very last choice that you make and uh basically you play through i think it's five or six i think it's five chapters and there's three different people that you play as so you play through the first second and third um person's story for that chapter and then you move on to chapter two and then you move on to chapter three and there was only like one character that i gave a shit about out of all three of the characters only one of them seemed like a decent person so i don't know it was all right it wasn't the worst interactive game i've played but you know it's not great if you have game pass maybe get it i know that uh, Ash was interested in playing the game, so good for them. Uh, I, I again, I, I again, uh, not a huge fan of it, but it is included with Game Pass. Uh, I also on Friday played some uh, of this game called Halo Infinite. It was in beta. I got I got offered a key, so I played some Halo Infinite, and I, no I was issues. like. Uh, you know, I didn't have that many issues, honestly. It was it was a pretty solid experience for the most part. I did have a little bit of confusion because it you would think with like a Halo beta, with all the other Halo betas I've played, it's been uh like a multiplayer beta. So, you know, four V four PvP or something like that. But in this, it was four v four. It was four b four v four, not b four v four, PVP. But the other four people, the people that you were facing, were bots. So you were just we were just facing bots the entire time. So every single game we played was a stake-tacular. <laughs> and so, if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know what a stake-tacular is. That's when your team wins by over 20 points. So every single game was just super easy. It wasn't bad. Uh, I do have a criticism, though, is that the grappling hook is not a permanent upgrade. The grappling hook is temporary, and you pick it up, and then you only have, like, four uses of it. Which I was hoping that it would just be kind of like your loadout that you're able to be like, I got a grappling hook. Uh, Titanfall. There'll be like a grapple mode or something, right? Uh, like or, Titanfall. Yeah, something like that. Like where instead of using like, you know, one of your, uh, like there's a drop shield now, like you could have that or something like that. Or, 
Like there was just like a grapple. Everybody had a grappling hook, but you could use it like once every 30 seconds or every minute or something like that. Well, Not also like keep in mind the, the Halo Infinite is going to be a live service game. Yes. So they'll they'll be able to add that if they really if they really want to. Yes, they they might add that. Uh, I did it. I did find it funny when I started one of the matches. Uh, it shows like your squad, and then it shows the other squad, and it'll like everybody does a pose. And when I came in, uh, it showed my squad, all three of us, and in the center, one of the guys disconnected or you know left the game or whatever. And so his body was just laid out on the floor while everyone else was posing. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, and that's it. That's all the games I played this week. Let's move on to some stories. Um, Steam is getting a new storage manager that will show you where your game's gigabytes are. Uh, the new beta lets you see multiple libraries at a glance. Um, I guess this is cool. Uh, People have if... multiple libraries? Uh yeah, so I, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I do, but they all show up in like one catalog. Like I, I was surprised when I saw this because I thought this was already a feature. Yeah, so what it's it says the download man manager shifts the information around. All the speed details are now uh on one line now. The biggest change in usability is reordering your downloads. So that's cool. Now you can drag them around instead of clicking on the little movement icons. Actually that's really good. Um, so when you're downloading a game, uh, you can actually just be like, I want this to be priority one instead of this. And instead of having to use the stupid arrows, you can actually just drag them around. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I thought that, uh, you had to like, I had, I haven't messed with it in, in, in a while cause I just don't download stuff anymore. But I, I remember needing to like hit download this next in a specific order to get things ordered right because your only option was just to move stuff to the front of the queue yeah um so there's a new tab screen where you can flick between drives and see what's on them the space uh the space each game takes and the categories of files so you can see what size on the drive all the games take up uh also it'll show dlc workshop files and other files uh it's already solved a problem that i had recently this is according to the article I added two new SSDs into my system uh, just for games. One that was an overspilled drive for the game's library and another where I installed large games and mods. I've slipped up a few times when installing and now I have the ability to see which games went where. Um, to move oh. installs, you select the game or games and use the move button to fix the flub. Oh yeah. I. I... I just found out that I accidentally installed Cooking Simulator on my C drive instead of my G drive. Maybe that was causing your issues. No. Oh, okay. In fact, my C drive is actually faster than my G drive, but uh, they're separate for a reason. Why is that? What's that reason? Uh, because, because the C drive is for everything that isn't a game. Ah, that makes sense. That that's that's fair. So that's where your documents and stuff goes. Uh, that's documents small. asterisk. The documents go on the NAS. Oh, uh, that's fair. Yeah. The C is C drive. That's for applications and data 
related to those applications that needs to be accessed very quickly. So all my music production stuff and video editing stuff goes on the C drive. Okay. That's interesting. This is a pretty nice little little diddly do though. Um I'm curious as to what the 188.5 gigs of other data is. You should check that out. See what that is. Like Oh, oh, that's showing for the entire drive. Yeah. Okay. Games and not games. Oh, uh, that's see. fair. So you've got, yeah, so I've got 206 gigs of games and then 1.3 gigs of DLC and then like 8 gigs of workshop content and then everything else is stuff that Steam does not fuck with. It's a very slimmed down Winderstat. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this, is, this is nicer than the way that I used to have to do it, which was uh, just going to the library and then going into a specific view and then sorting everything by size on disk. Yeah, yeah, it's better than that. I wish it wasn't hiding in that settings menu, though. I, I'm yeah. sure once it's out of beta, they'll put it somewhere up in front. Of, that, that seems like something they would do. Because um, right now you have to go to the downloads and then there's a gear in the top right which takes you to the downloads menu and the button says steam library folders but then it opens up another window that's that's called the storage manager oh yeah that is weird i just went i just figured that out um because i was while you were talking i was like wait a minute i have the ability to drag things around is this update already out i wasn't listening Apparently it was. <laughs> and, yeah, it is. It is. And then um, you you said something about clicking, or or maybe I read that. Do but, I have yeah. in other? Oh, other is games that aren't on Steam. That's what that's yeah. got to be. Because my my secondary drive is just games. Um, so it shows seventy gigs of Steam games and then three hundred and sixteen gigs of other games. Yeah, because that's probably like your. Uh, Gog and Epic and all that. Yeah, and your the the Microsoft, whatever Game Pass, that stuff. Oh yes, yes, exactly. That's that's a lot of that is wow for me. So if you're interested in, uh, if you're interested in this, all you have to do is download the, uh, the beta version of Steam. Basically, just enroll in the beta and you'll be good to go. Um, I do have on my C drive, I have two quote games used. Uh, one is steam VR and the other one is steamworks common redistributables. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know why those installed there on my C drive, but whatever. I wonder uh, if you downloaded things from, because steam has like software that you could buy, I think too. I wonder if that shows up as uh, like a, a, a game. I wonder if it's just anything that's cataloged through Steam. It does. Um, I can confirm this. Yeah. I have I have some pieces of software through Steam, and they are listed under games. Yes, good. So they should probably split those out. They probably should. And who knows, maybe they will. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast and they'll, this they'll one listen right to here. It. This one right here, the Reen podcast. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about a, a game just went into early access alpha on Steam. Uh, it's a Finnish, a Finnish 
sci-fi MMO uh, called Starbase, which seems really, it, it seems Wait, why interesting. Why is it an early access if it's finished? So it, it, it's, it's from Finland. <laughs> oh, um, that explains it. Yeah. So yeah, they, they do really great things over there in Finland. They release finished games in early access. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, it, they're they're launching Starbase. I watched I watched the um, YouTube video they have linked in the uh, massively OP article. And looks like space engineers. It does look like space engineers, and it looks like that uh, dual universe kind of, except for not using voxels. I don't think. And it looks it looks okay, but reading oh, through Jesus the Jesus Christ, what? I'm watching the the video for it, and there's some like shit in here that is way too detailed for its own good. Yeah, it looks like there's an entire programming language that you can use for like it. it it's like oh god, no, this is too much. Yeah, it might be too much for the casual player. And reading through the comments and the reviews, that seems to be... It, it's got mixed reviews on Steam right now. And one of the negative reviews I read was basically, it's too hard to do by yourself. And you have to get... It's one of those games where you have to get into an organization or a group and everyone helps everyone. Because otherwise you're just going to spend like a thousand hours just trying to build your ship. So it's it seems neat and it seems very detailed, uh, but maybe overly detailed. I do like that they have the space station stuff and the like first person shooting stuff. Uh, from what I understand, that's still something that uh, that Star Citizen is working on. So the fact Wait, that this they is have from that. Frozen Bite? Yes, I believe so. They made a couple other games, right? They made Trine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an wow. ambitious step from Trine. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, they did that with uh, No Man's Sky, right? The guys who made No Man's yeah. Sky made Joe Danger first, and then they're like, fuck it, Space Simulator. And then they're like, uh, we released a bad game. Let's update that. So yeah, and they fixed it with all those millions of dollars, and it's a good game now. And it, re looking at the comments down here, it said um, uh, somebody said it was broken, it was bug filled, and uh, another person replied, "Yes, it's an alpha. That's what they, you know, they're they're going to do." And the guy's like, "No, no, 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 no. Uh, like, there's game breaking bugs. Um, there's uh, what is it saying? For it ships that vanish." literally in front of your eyes to becoming merged with the ship you're standing on. And I'm like, I've played finished finished games that I've like warped into the textures and stuff. I, I'm not worried about that being an alpha. Uh, but it does seem like a neat game. I thought it would look like something that possibly uh, Cyberpunk Monk would be interested in just because I know he really likes uh, Space Station 13. I know that this is quite different, but you know, you're still able to build your own Space Station 13 within it. It it does look like a really fascinating concept, like very much kind of what I what I had hoped like Space Engineers and and even uh fucking Star Citizen kind of would have would lean towards. Yeah. But yeah. 
my god looking at the fact that it looks like you kind of have to manually wire together all the computer parts and like build your your ship's hud and everything is uh, that's a little much but at the same time uh if they facilitate an in-game economy that can that can kind of work around that problem that could be a really fascinating like universe to to kind of live in because like if you can sell your crafted items in a in a shop that would be really cool because you could just be a guy that like is really good at programming interfaces for ships and and sell those that would be interesting. I wonder if their servers would be uh, good enough to handle that. I mean, and... maybe not right now. At least, like, like maybe they wouldn't be able to to do anything in the with where the game is at currently. They do say uh, the early access version of Star Space Starbase allows players to design, build, and modify spaceships, explore the universe, form social connections, and earn money by mining, gathering, crafting, and selling resources. So, like, maybe they already have that. Um, kind of sounds more like you can you can craft things in the uh, like with the built-in crafting system, and then like sell those things. Uh, but like, it, if you can do all that programming shit and and then sell like a blueprint or something, that'd be really cool. That would be really cool. So. Uh, our last story of the day, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about bank fraud malware called Volt Volter. I, I assume they mean Vulture. Um, yeah. That's what they want. It, it's spelled Volter, but uh, anyway. Uh, I read a little bit about this earlier in the week, but I didn't delve too deeply into it until I saw it today. Looks like there was some Android malware. Uh, some spread through the Google Play Store uh, uses a novel way to supercharge the harvesting of login credentials for more than 100 banking and cryptocurrency appliance, or I'm sorry, applications, not appliances. Uh, the malware, which researchers from Amsterdam-based security firm Threat Fabric are calling Vulture, is common among the first Android threats to record a device screen whenever one of the targeted apps is opened. It uses real implementation of the VNC screen sharing application to mirror the screen of the infected device to an attacker-controlled server, researchers with uh, Threat Fabric said. So, basically, they're, they're hacking this... They're hacking this so that they can watch your screen while you put in your passcodes and usernames and all that. Which is why we need... Firstly, why you really need um, uh, two-factor authentication. Which is good. You know, going to help out a little bit with that at least. But that's not good. Do we have a list? Is there a list on here of what banks were affected? Um, well, I think it's... Uh, it doesn't look like it. It really matters because it it relies on you installing a malicious app. That's true. Uh, in and of itself, and then it uh uses accessibility services to 
uh, essentially run a well it, it, to run a, a VNC server on your phone. Yeah, and then they can just record all of your activities with that and send it back, and then it receives commands using Firebase, which is amazing because that's just Google's built-in uh, app messaging platform. Uh, really, this this comes down to another case of stop installing apps that you can't trust and particularly don't allow apps to do things that don't make sense for them to do, like running accessibility services yeah. uh, for, you know, a stupid, like, phone game or whatever. Yeah, like, it says that it was programmed to record screens when any of the 103 Android banking or cryptocurrency apps were running in the foreground. Italy, uh, Australia, and Spain were the countries with the most banking institutions targeted. Um, it says, besides banking and cryptocurrency apps, the malware also harvests credentials for Facebook, uh, Facebook-owned WhatsApp Messenger, TikTok, and Viber Messenger. Um, credential harvesting for these apps occurs through traditional key logging, uh, although the threat fabric post didn't explain why. Uh, it says, while Google has removed all Play Market apps known to contain Brunhilde, the company's track uh, the company's track record suggests that new Trojanized apps will probably appear. Uh, Android users should only install apps that provide useful services, and even then, only apps from well-known publishers. When at all possible, um, people should also pay close attention to users' ratings and app behavior for indications of malice. Uh, yeah, so don't uh, fucking download random applications. You know, only I, I tend to have a very minimal amount of applications on my phone. Uh, so I'm not downloading a bunch of games. I'm not downloading a bunch of uh, random software that I just see on the Play Store. Uh, but I'm also definitely not an average user. I, I tend to not use my phone very much for things other than just messaging. Uh, That's really the, the problem is that these things prey on people who for, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than they're, they're dumb. It just preys on dumb people who see a pop-up that, that says, Hey, do you want to turn on this thing that can record your screen? And they go, yeah, I don't care. Like it sucks, but like, I don't know how you really deal with this other than locking down the Android platform more, and that's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. Or um, doing something to make the Play Store slash the App Stores better? I don't know. Well, it, yeah, like, Android or Google could do a lot better with Android malware scanning on the Play Store, certainly. Uh, hey, what is this thing using a Google API call for right now? Oh, that's kind of suspicious. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, apparently, a lot of these were uh, I I embedded in apps that were pretending to be like fitness apps. And uh -huh. even like, th there were some that were two factor authenticators. Like, they're just random apps that generate, you know, Google authenticator codes. And, like, I I don't know, other than having 
having the play store do better at scanning these things uh, i don't know what else what else you can do about that without just locking shit down or uh i know the play store doesn't do manual validation and the the apple app store does um i guess maybe yeah having some kind of audit on like why does your two factor authentication app need to be able to record the screen or use any accessibility apis like there's no reason for most of this I, other than having something like that i don't know like and you know how i would do it if i was google if i was some sort of evil mastermind every time i have something that has an api that does a call just just take a little capture of that data it's your api you own it fuck the customer's data exactly like i i i hate that mindset but damn it it would work really fast yeah i mean you're the programmer so you'd probably know more about this stuff than i would um, I, I mean, the Google API is probably at some point using a network communication as a part of that. It would be really easy for them to just piggyback, uh, piggyback that data to, you know, a server that they have that parses. Hey, what, what, what is this data? What is it doing? What is it going to? And, you know, it does that a couple of million times a second, whatever. I bet if people started reporting apps and it could start pinpointing down, like, and I'm talking about like through machine learning, automating, it could probably get pretty effective. I can imagine. That's how that. I would do it. Although, and... like, really, can we can we rely on Google to do something like that whenever they can't even seem to build a competent malware scanner for the Play Store that can't even recognize this already well-known package, uh, the the NGROC package? Google I mean, might not fair. be able to. I bet an AI could, though. Like, Google is the AI, like, they they're like the ai company and i don't know how i don't know how they they haven't gotten to the, to the point where they can they can go like this app it doesn't make any sense why it's running any any, any of this stuff like and it doesn't raise any kind of flag other than they just don't want to spend money on on having somebody have to review that the, those notifications yeah, it's money and time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that this is not good, and and I agree with the Aroa. They should definitely build a competent malware scanner for the Play Store because, I mean, that's one thing I I I kind of like about the App Store on Apple devices is they're pretty strict about what applications are put on there, and of course things do get onto the the app store that maybe aren't the best or they do get malware but they're gonna be less likely to have that happen because they have a very closed garden type of thing well the the other part too is that a lot of these apis that that google has in android that allow you to do things like this they just plain don't exist on ios or they work in a very different way that make it aware you can't do stuff like this without the user being very aware of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, like screen recording. They did add a screen recording API to iOS, but in order to use it, the user has to 
one hit the hit something in the app to start screen recording and then a box comes up that says hey this app is going to record your screen okay and like no one's gonna hit okay on that whenever they're using a fitness app yeah uh that's weird like <laughs> whereas something comes up it says accessibility service and there's a thing that says use protection guard like I, I I think people are going to be more likely to to just hit OK on that and make it go away, and then they'll never see it again. Whereas on iOS, that's going to come up every time you use an app. Which can be annoying, and I can see from a consumer side them not liking that, but uh, it, it does add a level of protection that it does not exist on Android devices. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're, we're pretty much done for the day. Uh, I want to thank you, Aroa, for being here. I was definitely here. You were, and I want to thank you, Cyberpunk Monk, for being here. I definitely didn't have to leave halfway through the podcast for a minute. That's okay. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you all next week with some more exciting podcast times. G- goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.